Welcome to On The Line. I'm Joe Mullings, and in studio today, I've got a special guest. Introduce yourself. Kristen Gallucci, a brand strategist. Thanks, Joe, for having me. I appreciate it. <laughs> My pleasure. Uh, Kristen has joined us now for about a month. Yeah, oh, yep. And uh, we were super fortunate enough to bring her online to work closely with all of our branding here at uh, TMG, JSM, Precruit, and whatever else we can come up with. Share a little bit about your background, if you wouldn't mind. Sure. I'm, I would say, an agency corporate hybrid marketer. I've been marketing about 20 years. Started on the agency side, leading um, the largest woman-owned agency in New Jersey, Fiori. Um, moved to the corporate side as, uh, for a CMO position a few years ago, about three years ago. And for the last couple of years, I've been consulting. Yeah. Yeah. She's down here in Florida, here finally out of New Jersey. Yes. <laughs> Although I love New Jersey, all my Jersey people. Yeah, and it's hot here today, so. Yeah, it's hot in Jersey, <laughs> though, too. I, I was in New York City sure. two weeks ago, and it was hotter there than it was here. Yeah, it's, it's thick. The air is thick there. Yeah, yeah, it's the blacks. It's the but asphalt. the energy, the energy is different. <sighs> totally different. Yeah. Yeah, I do miss that. I miss that. I miss that in New York. So I thought it would be great for Kristen to join us today because, um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of organizations, a lot of people, um, situations are talking about branding and corporate branding, personal branding, and, and really just how would you define the word branding in today's world? You know, unfortunately, branding is becoming really overused, and I think, you know, the latest buzzword, but your brand, your company, or your personal brand is your promise. It's, um, you know, as Bezos says, what people say about you when you leave the room, it's more than that. It's really what you want to say to people when you're in the room. Yeah, and and is branding um, <clears throat> opinion? Is it symbols? Is it word of mouth? Is it online? How do you break it down as an expert? It, it's everything. I mean, when you're talking about personal branding, I say Google yourself. What comes up? If nothing comes up. That's your brand. That's mm. a problem. Mm. So you need to do more work then. And the same as a company. Google yourself. If you have incredible reviews, if you see you know, your own website, articles, um, your leadership is writing great pieces, they're positioning themselves as experts in the industry, that's a great brand. And so people now, LinkedIn's brand, right? So mm -hmm. as, as an organization, it's a brand, but what's really interesting to look at the last decade is how people are representing themselves, mm -hmm. their brand on LinkedIn. And since we're a career show, uh, I thought it'd be appropriate to maybe open with that and insight, advice on the LinkedIn brand. I could go on for a while there. <laughs> we got time. <laughs> um, well, you know, I think LinkedIn has changed so dramatically since the Microsoft purchase a few years ago. Mm -hmm. um, now people are really paying attention to their personal brand more than ever, and rightfully so, they should be. Um, if you were on LinkedIn a few years ago, it was kind of a dead zone. There was not much activity there. That people weren't really updating their profiles. Um, the only time you really took to LinkedIn was when you were looking for a job, or I would say on your side, when you're looking for people who are looking to make a, a move, a transition. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, things have changed. Now it's become a really active social network. So you're able to build connections, build relationships, find clients, um, and candidates also. It's still a really active job search platform, but it's just beyond that now. Um, 
it's important to have a presence there. It's important, no matter where you are in your career, I think, to have a presence. Um, just at a basic level to network and build relationships. And so um, let's start with the no-brainer, the picture. Mm. So what are people doing right that you see and what are people doing less right? Well, a professional headshot is important. Mm -hmm. um, it can be more relaxed. It, I think it depends on the industry you're in, depends what you want to get across. Um, you know, if you're looking for a more corporate position or if you're in a corporate position, then you would have an appropriate image for that. Um, when I say professional, you don't need to spend $1,000 on a professional headshot, right. but it's important to have clean, you know, well-dressed, well-lit headshot. Um, you know, get your hair done, get your makeup done for the day, splurge a little and, um, you know, get a great headshot done. And you can have one of your colleagues do it or a friend do it with an iPhone. You don't need anything fancy, mm -hmm. but it should be professional looking. Any opinion on the number of times you rotate the picture? Any advantage to that? You I know, rotate I, mine all the time. That's yeah, I, well, I think it's different for you. And I think it's different for an entrepreneur and that spirit. I would expect it to be rotated fairly often. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm in marketing, so I want people to pay attention to my brand. And so I treat mine a little differently. I, I make it stand out. I have a, you know, a, a color circle around my headshot. I have, I use the same color thr threaded through my profile, through my header photo. Um, so I would suggest the same depending on the industry you're in. Yeah. And then <clears throat> how about what you, what you taught me um, the other day, you showed me, is that space right below the bar, mm -hmm. right? Uh, which I, I've been on that forever and I think I'm a rock star on there and I didn't even, I wasn't even aware of that. Would you explain that mm -hmm, real sure. estate? Your profile header, there's a few key components to the profile the things that stand out very quickly, you know, you only have a few seconds to catch someone's attention, um, especially from a, from a recruiter perspective or a, a headhunter perspective, what they're looking for. You can speak more to that, mm -hmm. but um, your image, your header image is also important, which is the large photo behind your headshot and your um, profile, um, the uh, profile header. Mm -hmm. So the header is automatically populated based on your last position. So if your last position is director of XX, it'll just automatically populate into that area mm -hmm. if you don't go ahead and change it. Um, I suggest adding as much as you can in there and really personalizing it or customizing it to your position. So what are the needs of your audience, your customer, your client? That's where you answer those needs right in that header. So they know right away when they get there, what am I dealing with? Um, what are they gonna do for me? And so you and I were brainstorming this past week, our firm's going over to London. Mm -hmm. There's a big show over there, London Valves. It's a uh, structural heart interventional cardiology show, very specialist, uh, it's, it's, it's a specialty oriented show. Uh, and we're doing some work on, on putting out content and, and driving awareness and setting up for that do you want to share a little bit about what I might think about doing in that case? Sure. I mean, there's, you know, a few different perspectives on and how to approach a show, but I look at it from a marketing perspective. It's if you're already investing to go to the show, to bring your team, to pay for a booth, then you need to leverage it. So that should lead probably three to four months before an event, depending on the industry and um, timing. And so that starts with reaching out to contacts well before 
starting to kind of plant those seeds that you'll be there driving and leading up to it to schedule appointments um, to gain press exposure uh, also for SEO value so I would write two or three articles leading up to that show and start to infuse the show information into your articles so it becomes searchable as mm -hmm. people start to get closer to the show they start to do more research on it um, I'm a big fan of press always I think public relations is really important so uh, both for the businesses that are at the show and those coming to the show that's your opportunity where you have press all in one place what do you mean press give me a little more go deeper dive on that for me press your editors of of publication industry publications go to those events to see what's happening in the industry so they're there ah. and you just need to find them and, and set some time up with them and schedule appointments so in that case if there's a <clears throat> top magazine that covers this structural heart show uh, I should reach out to them before I go to the show? Absolutely. And I should make an appointment to chat with them about what? Specifically from your perspective, I would say introduce a client. So you have a client attending the show. Yeah. Um, you can introduce them and say, I spoke to Joe at this um, publication at mm -hmm. Forbes. He's going to be there. Mm -hmm. I know he's looking to cover this. Maybe we can schedule uh, an interview. Okay. But you can offer your client to that. Got it. So you're the conduit between conduit, getting yes. PR for uh, your client. And, and as, as I've learned over the years that uh, organizations are always looking for content. Absolutely. And if you can make their job easier in setting that content up and it's contextual, you're doing everybody a favor and you're the person who is the conduit. Mm -hmm. That's real good. And what you're doing is really unique for the industry. So I think you have an angle there generally mm -hmm. so you can reach out to press and set up right. interviews right. and just propose a certain angle from your perspective as well yeah caitlin put that on the list would you <laughs> put that on the list of there we have three weeks hop on that right. yeah. <laughs> so um we're going out it's structural hearts the large strategics are there the emerging technology startups are there as shows go it's relatively intimate it's it's a smaller show uh, but man who's who's there mm. um it's in london downtown so it's a great venue uh, what are the things additionally i should think about uh doing you've we've been putting out articles we've put out some podcasts watch the podcast we geo and i dropped last week uh, we continue to put out content valuable for the market what else should i be thinking about before i go and then when i'm there as well yeah how I look at leveraging a show is how can we make the most impact and most noise in a valuable way when we're at the show. Mm -hmm. So if you've invested in a booth, you can consider doing your media from the booth. So a live podcast within the booth, and then you can invite clients or prospective clients um, that are at the show to, to join in on the podcast. Mm. Um, that's one, one take. If you can't do it on the show floor or you're just attending, you could secure a room nearby, um, host an event there, a seminar, maybe a speaking engagement of some kind. You can invite a panel of people that are attending the show. The great, the great opportunity there is you have everyone in one place at one time. That's a very rare occasion, um, both from a competitive side, they don't, they don't usually sit at the table together. True. Um, and then from your perspective as a partner, to be able to access them all at once. So what can you do for them that will help elevate them at the show? That's a really good point. And so, again, being that conduit is elevating your brand in the eyes of the customers that you're trying to get the attention of. Yes. 
so branding isn't always overt, overt with symbols <clears throat> and and articles in itself. It's just another move, but a facilitator, a conduit mm -hmm. to putting people together and everybody remembers that. Absolutely, yeah. Just It just builds even awareness mm -hmm. for you, mm -hmm. you know, at that show. Mm -hmm. And then how about follow-up after the show uh, from a branding perspective? What should I be doing? Should I be taking pictures of myself at the show with people? Should I have my video crew going with me? You know, we, 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 we go a little heavy on that stuff, yeah. but people love it. Yeah, well, I think, too, in today's social environment, documenting your process mm -hmm. um, is is valuable. So just to have that footage and be able to figure out what you want to do with it later, mm -hmm. to have that B-roll is great. Um, I look at shows as an opportunity to be the first one to get back to your customer following that, that event. So I don't like post-show. I like it at the show. So I want to hand, handshake and then I'm gonna email you immediately. So I would set up automation for every single contact that signs up on a list or that you meet there, that your business card immediately is populated into your email blast system, and they get an email before they get home from that trip. Hmm. So yeah, that's good, that's, that's <laughs> live. Kate, make that happen too. <laughs> <laughs> on it. <laughs> she said on it, did you hear her? She's very energetic. <laughs> Put the camera on her. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> so um, we've got our camera team going, right? And we're mm -hmm. documenting the journey, which is a lot of fun. Uh, we'll, do be sh we'll, we'll be shooting outside the venue as well, right? Be on the streets of London, mm -hmm. doing some direct-to-camera things. What should I think about in branding there? Should I... Should I speak about the show? Should I speak about why I'm in London? What, what opportunities might present themselves there? I think a little bit of everything. And I think you'll draw some attention, just generally, having a film crew. Um, my guess is that most of the people attending that show, the types of companies are not going to have, have that. Right. So, so I think you'll draw attention just naturally from that. Go with it. You know, you can pull people in and mm. interview right there. Mm. Um, just people who are attending the show. Those, those opportunities for those conversations usually can spark even more um, excitement around the brand. It's very true, that's true. Mm -hmm. And then follow up when I do get back. So I know you wanna, as you pointed out, hit it while I'm there, mm -hmm. but when I'm back, what are, what are some moves I should think about? Hmm. Well, I think it kind of continues from before the show. Now you can kind of do, hopefully you built some evergreen content mm -hmm. and so you can release it then um, over time, I'm a big believer in build. You know, the most, the biggest amount of content. Your largest, um, produce your largest amount of content up front, and then utilize that over time. So, write an article, post show, invite a client to write an article, cover them, interview them, mm -hmm. um, incorporate these relationships into your content, and then piece it out over time. So, from that one larger piece of content. I'll call it the macro content, mm -hmm. then you can pull out these micro pieces mm -hmm. um, and use that. And it should sustain you for a good period of time. Mm -hmm. You were uh, a business owner, a large agency in Jersey, right? Mm -hmm. I, and I love the fact that it was the largest female-owned agency, mm -hmm. which is cool. Do you ever look at the ROI investment on those shows for sure. you, or is that just something, the old adage of marketing, 50% of the money you spend there works and 50% doesn't, you just don't know which 50% it is? Hmm. I, I always look at budget, mm -hmm. um, you know, 
but you have to s determine what the goals are going in. So for, for everyone going to a show, it's different. Usually it's sales and lead generation, um, but that isn't the brand awareness measurement. So there's that whole other layer. Um, and lead generation isn't what's gonna get you press. You know, things, looking at press and things like that, you can leverage that over a long period of time. So I've gone to shows, we've gotten a Wall Street Journal article, that article lasts a long time, and then I can leverage that in an email blast. I can pull pieces from it, but once you get a really high-level piece of, of content like that in a high-level publication, it can then stretch you for a long period of time. So there's incredible value in that beyond the traditional value of a show. Of a show. So, and, and, I, and, and I want people to understand and listen to that closely. Um, there's lead generation, there's the sale, um, then there's the near-term marketing, and then there's the ongoing establishment of the brand. Yeah, long-term. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and, and that's super critical to understand. And, and not enough people, I think, spend time understanding just continuing to slowly add layer over layer over layer of what that brand means. Because my personal philosophy with TMG and my brand, JSM, is technology is going to change, meaning the technology, the market I work in, mm -hmm. right? And customers are going to change. And um, the way we do business is going to continue to change. Look at, the, look at how it shifted just in the last few years in the talent acquisition world and how we reach people and what you reach them with and how they respond to you. But what transcends all that is your brand. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Right? I mean, that really is your anchor at the bottom of everything. Uh, and, and, and that brand, I, I think more and more people, um, to your point, your reputation when you walk in the room, when you leave the room, um, what you did that day may not matter as much, but it certainly does impact your brand long and short term, but potentially on how amazing or how terrible it was, <laughs> right? So I think um, we started out talking about brand as being a buzzword, but I do think it's an anchor for your business. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. So how do you leverage these shows? Um, I'm with you. So it's interesting. We have, <laughs> we go in different ways, right? So I, I look at us almost like a, a, it's a military maneuver. So example, in particular, let's use this show. Um, when Gio goes to a show with me, and, and he's specialized in a lot of our European work, he'll go in and he'll be booked from 6.30 in the morning till 9 o'clock at night probably 45 minutes to an hour in between, like appointment after appointment after appointment after appointment. Um, and he's looking uh, at, at really sort of near-term goals, near-term engagement, brand building. I'm here, meaning him. I'm here, look at me. You know, it's, it's a, it's a five to $7,000 spend for our firm for a couple of days in London uh, by the time you work in the economics. Um, but he's there for more near-term build um, than long-term brand build, although together. I go the other way. I'm there for really long-term brand build, and I'll have maybe six meetings over four days, mm -hmm. where Geo might have 30. Uh, and, and mine are a little bit more of a top-down perspective on what does the talent acquisition strategy look like for your firm over the next 18 months. And then at the same time, I'm building out the TMG and JSM brand of on the street, talking about what you should do for your career, talking about what you should do in this industry, 
um, chatting. We'll, we'll have a couple podcasts over there. Uh, one is we're looking to acquire a technology business to add onto our corporation here. Another one is with a very good client, Halma, who's going to be out about 45 minutes outside city center in London, and we'll go out and see them. So I'll try and tie this into client visits in addition to being at the show, but they're usually super high level, long-term moves for me. But again, we go in with our ground troops like Geo, uh, and a, a lot of our shows are like that, whether it's Holly or Matt or some of the others. They'll go and do the more face-to-face. -face. Do you find that they're open to talking to you on the, on the show floor or, or yeah. setting up? Yeah, two reasons, right? Um, even if you're a hiring manager, we're so good at what we do mm. that they're like, whenever a client talks to us, they're talking to us for needs for their firm, but right behind that, they're saying, mm-hmm, yeah, keep me in mind because <laughs> you know, in five years, I might have to move to California and I wanna call you. Uh, so we're super fortunate that customers of ours are on both sides, the, the hiring managers and the individuals who are looking for jobs. So yeah, they love to talk to us. And there used to be a stigma talking to a headhunter um, mm -hmm. at shows. Uh, but that went out when, um, one is you become a shaker and a mover in the industry. So who knows why you're talking to them for personal needs or corporate needs. And then LinkedIn changed all that when it all of a sudden became acceptable to have your entire professional profile out there online. Mm, sure. um, when before that, Monster only had unemployed people on it. Right for those of us that are old enough to remember monster.com. So not. you're not, no, no. 26, <laughs> 27. <laughs> so yeah, that's what we do. And, and again, I'll have my team with me, my, my um, media team, and we'll, we'll grab content on the trip, in the plane, in the airport, in the hotel, dinner. It's always got a camera on you and you never know what you're gonna catch. And mm -hmm. as long as people enjoy watching it and we still put out super valuable stuff for them that's building our brand absolutely yeah well thanks for coming in today thank you that was fun it was i'm gonna make you do this again i figured you would <laughs> <laughs> well this has been on the line i'm joe mullings Kristen gallucci and i'll take us out for this one see you soon